You're listening to the Candid Comms podcast with Rachel Miller. Join me every week for practical advice and inspirational ideas to help you focus on all things internal communication related. Welcome to the show. On this week's episode, I have a very special guest for you, and I'm delighted to introduce Laura to the Candid Comms podcast. So I'm going to hand you over so you can introduce yourself properly. Hi, Rachel, and great accent. Thank I you. tried. Is that all right? <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Laura Colantuono. I am the International Communications and Employer Branding Manager uh, International at Kraft Heinz. Uh, I also celebrate my first year in this role, actually, and a full year working from home. Congratulations. Wow, I can't believe it's a year already. My goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, congratulations. Mm -hmm. So as you can tell from Laura's beautiful accent, she is based in the UK. However, she's had a unique internal comms journey from Italy to the UK. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to invite you onto the podcast to share your experience of working in internal comms, not just in one country in particular. So I wonder whether you could please share with us your, your journey from Italy to the UK and focusing on internal comms? Of course, of course. So as you said, I'm Italian. I have an Italian passport, but I've spent uh, almost half of my life abroad. I was born in South Africa and grew up in Turkey. So not only Italy and moved back to Italy, actually, when I was uh, 18. I've always known that, you know, I wanted to to, to start my career in comms. Uh, I knew that was my future. I think the moment I asked my parents for, you know, um, a typewriter on my eighth birthday, right? So, did you? Um, yes, nice. I did. <laughs> I did. And, you know, I knew that something was, you know, coming, but um, I wasn't quite sure um, whether there was a career in journalism or corporate comms, right? So, in my uh, first year at uni, um, I started working for a local newspaper and a TV network, but it wasn't until my master's degree in marketing comms that um, I started seeing myself uh, working for one of those global companies I was reading about in my marketing books. And my dream came true. So uh, I started my career in comms at um, Unilever Italy over 10 years ago. At first, in external comms, but I remember looking at my um, colleague sitting next to me who was managing IC and thinking, oh, wow, this is what I want to do. And, and so when she moved to external comms and I got off to the role, I was over the moon. You know, I, I, I'm really proud to say that I chose IC and I'm loving it. Can I ask you what it was about the, her role that made you think, I want to do that? What, what attracted you? So what I loved about internal comms is was really the, the diversity of, of topics and, and skills that you have to have. So, you know, one day she was writing about DNI, the other day about sustainability and, and the fact that you could really have an impact on, on your people's life at work. That was fascinating. So, you know, I was super happy. I didn't know much about it. But when I jumped into the role, I just felt that I was in the right place. What a great feeling. And I love, I love the fact that you chose internal communication. I think particularly those, those grains of thought at an early age that you knew there was something there, that whether it was journalism or, or corporate communication that, that attracted you. So tell me about your internal comms career journey within Italy. So how, and I know that you've moved industries, particularly within, within Italy. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, sure. So um, over my four years at Unilever, I 
learned a lot about internal comms, right? So how the function creates value from comms strategies to setting KPIs, employee engagement plans, uh, change comms, and a different approach you need to have for uh, your office-based employees versus factories, and big topics like DNI and sustainability. So I, I was there when they launched the Unilever Sustainable Living Plan, and I led the local campaign for that and the local comms and engagement plan for the local sustainability strategy. And I had the chance to meet so many people from all around the world. And I was actually coming to London quite often. And in 2012, I also did a three-month assignment in Turkey. So I went back home to work on a marketing project. So pretty intense years. After four years in FMCG, I was curious to, to really explore something new. And I moved to luxury. So I spent uh, the following five years uh, at Fendi, the Italian fashion house, which is part of the French luxury group LVMH, but headquartered in Rome. So I changed industry completely and the scope of my role became global. At Fendi, I, uh, I helped establish an internal comms culture. Uh, just a few months after I joined, we launched the first global intranet and, and started to measure comms. But what I loved about this new chapter was uh, the ability to really adapt my tone of voice and style to a new culture uh, with very different business and, and a, a very diverse employees based in different regions and across 200 stores. I think, you know, the, the, the beauty of our role is that you can use your tactics and, and the tools of your job and create something new each time, depending on the context, which is amazing. But it was, I think, just a matter of time until I moved abroad again, for one reason or another. I knew it was coming. And, and that's what I did two years ago. So the reason why I moved to the UK was predominantly personal. I joined my fiancé, who was already working here. And, and to be honest, it took me almost a year to decide whether it was the right move uh, at that time and, and to really overcome the, the fear, right, of, of the unknown. But uh, I think I did the right choice. I'm, I'm glad I was brave enough to embrace the challenge. Scary, yes, but, but worth it. So I left Rome on a Wednesday. It was the beginning of May 2019. And four days later, I joined Harrods to lead their internal comms team. Amazing. I love that that shift from Unilever into luxury. And I'm always fascinated by the different cultures that we have within internal comms. And as you mentioned, the different types of employees that we have in different locations. And the beautiful thing about internal comms is that the fundamental principles remain the same, but what we do and how we do it might change. But that Know, the foundations of internal comms about connecting our people and giving them voices, I find are the same regardless of the sector that, that we're in. And Harrods is such a well-known brand as well. Mm. I mean, your your CV has some amazing <laughs> logos on it. And so I'm curious to know from your experience, how have you found it communicating in different languages? What's that been like for you? Well, you know, working in, in internal comms, as, as you said, uh, is, is it, I think it's, it's like being like an octopus, if, if you will. You know, you are really uh, adaptable and you need, you need to, to, to change your, your, your voice and tone of voice depending on the culture that you have around you. So communicating in different languages to me was quite the norm. I was already doing that while I was uh, in Italy working at Unilever and Fendi. But um, when I stepped into my first global role at Fendi, I had to, to, to launch the first intranet and it was just so clear that English wasn't enough, right? So we decided to translate everything in the five most spoken languages across the company. 
and add subtitles in these languages um, um, to all our internal videos. And today, in my current role at Craft Times, the main language is English. Yes, I have to. You know, I started dreaming in English at this point, right? So you know, Italian, you? Like yeah, yeah, which is great. And I'm also quite fluent in Turkish, so sometimes it's kind of like okay, it's a little bit messy. But uh, but yeah, so English is my first language today, and we we reach all, all of our colleagues and uh, all over the world. And to make sure that communications are understood and, and clear, we also do, do local comms in, uh, in local languages. We use live captions during uh, virtual events and we provide local translations as much as possible for, for the main global campaigns like you know, employee engagement survey um, and, and, and big uh, change campaigns for sure. Can I ask you what the impact is for your employees when you're translating into perhaps their native language or their preferred written or spoken language what what do you see as the impact of, of doing that and taking the time to invest time money and effort in translation it's just so important it's just a must uh, you need to be inclusive you need to take into account you know the diversity of of the cultures and the people that you're talking to and it's just not uh, a dry email right it's much more than that uh, we communicate around values purpose strategy and you need to make sure that they're all aligned all on board and the all key messages are, are understood and they really feel part of it right regardless where mm -hmm. they're based yeah absolutely so your career path then you moved to the UK you moved to Harrods and then when did you join Kraft Heinz in May 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. So, you know. And how was that? What was it like to join an organization in the middle of a pandemic? It was hard. I mean, as as communicator, you know, you want to, to see people, you want to be there, you want to chat and, and observe, right? And I couldn't do any of this. But I think the culture is so great that everyone really helped me. I was, I'm still stuck in my living room, right? So I haven't seen anyone in person yet, not even my beautiful office in, inside the, the shard. Uh, so I really can't wait to, to go. You know, I think that tech really helped. Obviously, I couldn't do my face-to-face -face meetings and all the, the amazing things that you do in your first couple of months when you're joining a new company. But I had lots of Teams meetings, a lot, really trying to get to know people, ask questions on any occasion, and, and really trust and, and, and trust the journey. So uh, my team really helped me. I have two amazing uh, direct reports based, one in Italy and the other one in Germany. And you just don't need to be afraid of asking questions and show your vulnerable vulnerability, if you like, right? So we might not have all the answers, but you ask questions, you learn about the history of, of your company and the future, and you try to, to build on that and to really understand where you are and, and what your role needs to be. I remember seeing when you joined Craft Heinz, you put a photograph on LinkedIn of an amazing goodie box that you were given with some like, ketchup and you had all of these products that you were given. And I remember seeing that and thinking, I wonder what that feels like to join an organization which is so iconic with such iconic products, but you're not there in terms of being in the office. So I was curious about that and how, how that would feel, whether you feel part of that organization and that pride I should imagine of being part of such a, an innovative organization when you're in your sitting room when you're not able to, to be there so it's good to hear you talk about that and good to hear you share what that experience has been in life and I think you're right we just have to ask questions constantly don't we we have to yeah. and great to have good 
people around you to support you did your were your team members enroll before the pandemic yes yes was that helpful yeah it was super helpful and I have an amazing extended team of of professionals in each of our BUs so you know to really have a lot you know understand that that the culture and the values and uh, what internal comms looked like and you know what was great is that um, one week after I joined we actually launched our uh, new values vision and purpose so you know we I really had the role of embedding this in 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 everything we were doing and bringing them to to life and that was quite challenging but exciting uh one week <laughs> one week so you've been there for yeah. one week <laughs> gosh yeah. so welcome here what an amazing project though the, these these sorts of topics that we have to get our teeth into normally ideally we'd like to get ahead around the culture and settle mm-hmm. in but you you were right in there love it <laughs> so yes. Can I ask you about the comm skills that you've developed as you've changed locations and changed roles? What set you in good stead, do you think? Well, I would say adaptability and flexibility, 100%. You know, our, our role is uh, so much under the spotlight that, that you need to be up to, to, to speed fast, right? So I would say that together with um, strong understanding of people and cultures, uh, and curiosity. This is what pushes me forward and, and you know, makes me want to learn more and, and do better. And I would say, last but not least, empathy. You know, every new experience, positive or negative, told me uh, how to connect with people uh, a little bit more, a little bit deeper. And that really helped me in my role. Wonderful. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm going to be asking Laura about effective internal communication inside a global FMCG, fast moving consumer goods organization. See you in a moment. Comms friends, I'd love to invite you to join me at the water cooler every month. This is my email newsletter, which is packed with ideas, with jobs, with news, and the latest goings on in the wonderful world of internal communication. Head over to my website, allthingsic.com forward slash newsletter to add your name and join me at the water cooler every month. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, we're going to be talking about effective internal communication. But before we do, Laura, I'd love to know from your perspective, what is it like to be an internal communicator based in Italy? What's the environment like over there? If you wouldn't mind casting your mind back and sharing, uh, is there a good network of internal comms pros in Italy? What, what, What does that feel like? Yeah, so, well, we're getting there. When I started, uh, I was really struggling to, to, to find other practitioners. And, you know, as we, as we discussed many times, internal comms could either be part of HR or marketing. You don't always have someone officially doing internal comms, right? So we didn't have a professional body or, you know, many occasion of just sharing best practices. And while I was thinking about moving to the UK, I was already following you, Rachel, and some other great uh, practitioners here in the UK, following the IOC and thinking, oh, wow, we, we really need something like this. And I think the first thing I did when I moved to London was to uh, join IOC. And now I'm starting to, to, to see that, that it's also happening in, in, in Italy and in Europe as such. 
with other different professional bodies and uh, companies really trying to nurture this culture of internal comms um, in Italy as well. But nothing like what I saw here in the UK, really. Uh, so much around that, so much support for practitioners, not only professional bodies, but just networking events. And I can't wait for a pandemic to be over to start that all over again. So much that I've been experiencing since I moved to the UK that I wish uh, I can use one day and take it back to my country. I think we're spoiled for choice. I often think that people who are both in the UK don't realise how lucky we are through things like the Institute of Internal Communication that you mentioned and professional bodies like the Charleston Institute of Public Relations. They are global organisations, but they are headquartered here in the UK and particularly, you know, the sectoral group like CIPR Inside. We are spoiled for choice when for, for internal comms practitioners in terms of the different sorts of industry bodies we can tap into. But I hear you. I think there is something about being here and pre-pandemic, being able to meet with other people in person, which you can't really beat. So I'm I'm also excited to mm-hmm. hopefully when restrictions lift, that to get back together as practitioners to network and communicate. I think virtual only goes so far, doesn't it? We you and I were on a call with the IOIC during lockdown, weren't we, in 2020? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we were swapping notes weren't we and sharing yes. experiences that was right at the start of the pandemic thank yes. you so I'm curious to know about effective internal communication mm. and particularly thinking about what does effective internal communication in a global fast-moving consumer goods organization look like small, small question small question <laughs> small question um so I would say um internal comms is Fast and vast, if you like, right? So it is a very strategic role that requires lots of stakeholder management, influencing skills, um, deep knowledge of the business and, and your people. You have such a vast and diverse audience that, uh, you know, you really need to master that uh, craft of tailoring your message uh, from big global multi-markets campaigns to local plans. And I think to be to be effective and inclusive, uh, you really need to plan a lot. You need to think strategically, taking into consideration so many different things from time zones to languages, which channel to use, depending if you're talking to your office-based employees or your blue-collar population, right? What What is the, the, the best way to reach them, depending on their local habits as well? And, and finally, I think you need to be a great storyteller. So, you know, whether you are talking about DNI or your ESG strategy of the launch of, of a new product, you, you need to cut through the noise and, and connect the hearts and, and minds of thousands of employees uh, spread across the globe uh, so that they can really feel part of it. Can I just pick you up on ESG that you mentioned there? So environmental and social governance. This is a topic which I'm certainly reading more about at the moment. Could you help me understand what you're doing at Kraft Heinz in terms of ESG? Yeah, so in in September last year, we launched our most recent um, report. And hence, I started working on um, a communication plan that could really bring that to life for employees. I think it's so important that uh, they understand why we're doing this why our products are you know really driving the change and and connect them with the purpose of it so especially when you have such a broad audience from all over the world it needs to be relevant to them as well so not just telling the story of something that is happening i don't know in the us right you need to tell stories of how they are contributing right what the factories in asia are doing what europe is doing 
and how the brands are really the superstar of it. So R&D, innovations, how, you know, the whole product life cycle has um, a huge impact. And it's really important to make employees understand what environmental social governance uh, means, right? And what are the goals? So we at Craft Finds, we have three pillars, environmental stewardship, responsible sourcing, and healthy living and community support. So I always include one piece of comms around ESG in all my newsletters on a monthly basis at least, and tell stories on how we are uh, achieving these uh, these goals. So just this morning, I just posted on, on, on LinkedIn, a great achievement um, about one of our brands in, in Italy. Uh, launching uh, fully recyclable packaging. And you need to tell the stories behind this. So that is relevant and important to everybody. So one day you communicate around um, a recyclable uh, package, the other day about uh, reduction of sugar and salt in your products. And the day after, maybe on some amazing campaign you did to support the communities around you. Nice. There's lots of lots of great content there, lots of good stories. I, I love the fact that the common theme in all of that is storytelling, isn't it? Bringing everything to life. So particularly for policies or procedures where you might look at something like ESG or or when we love an acronym, don't we? Or CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. Yeah. I think to really help our employees understand why this matters and why this is important. I love seeing stories inside organisations to bring all that to life. So it doesn't just feel like, words on a page or ambitions that we have as organizations but they can see how they can fit in and they can see how the work they do contributes to our aspirations as organizations thank you for sharing that that's super super useful so i'm going to bring our conversation to a close by asking you as this is the candid comms podcast what does being candid mean to you Wow, love love this question. I would say being myself and and staying true to myself in my personal life as well as a, as an IC practitioner. Uh, you know, we we talked about not being afraid uh, of asking questions, right, and and show our vulnerable side, if you like. But at the same time, I think we we need to uh, to have the courage to speak up and and share our thoughts, especially in our role, and and really be that uh, trustworthy advisor that we need to be. So believe in yourself and, and, and stay true to yourself. That's what it means to me. Wonderful. What a lovely way to close our conversation. Lara, thank you so much for your generosity in sharing your skills and expertise with us. If people want to find you online, where's the best place to do that? On LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Yeah, Fabulous. Yes. And I will include a link to your LinkedIn profile you. um, in the show notes. But thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing all of your skills and knowledge and expertise with us hugely appreciated thank you Rachel my pleasure thank you for joining us today for this episode if you would like to find out more about internal comms do check out the all things I see website allthingsic.com you can find me on twitter at all things I see or Rachel all things I see on instagram and the show notes can be found at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast and remember what happens inside is reflected outside see you again soon